Welcome to College Climate Collective, a podcast making all things environmental approachable. This podcast is for people who are avid environmentalists, might just be getting into sustainability, and everyone in between. Hey there, my name is Sydney York. I am 20 years old and I was born and raised in Ventura in Ojai, California. I'm a third year transfer student at UCSD and I'm studying anthropology with an emphasis in climate change and human solutions. I'm Divya, I'm from San Diego, California, and I am also years old and I'm studying global health and climate change. We know that majors are kind of typical intros, but I don't know, they're kind of like windows to the soul. Totally. I feel like getting to know someone's major helps me understand a bit more about a person and what they're passionate about. And it also gives some insight on what a person feels their purpose is in this life. In this episode, we're discussing food, how our outlook on life shapes what we eat, and how we can use food to help the environment. A popular tactic to spread awareness about environmentalism is to emphasize the interconnectedness of life. We all have things in common that we care about and things that we do. One of the universal things we can all connect with each other through is food. So to you, food might be fuel, you might find joy in it, um, or it could also be a social thing. You know, it's something that we can use to build relationships with people. A 2019 BBC article explains that the Western Hemisphere leads in highest consumption of meat and dairy products, which are leading contributors to global warming. And because the production of these food items are directly related to the greenhouse gas emissions, the inclusion of food in this climate change discussion that we're having is super important. Divya, what is your connection to food? Yeah, so as I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate, I have had a complicated relationship with food. You know, I was born a vegetarian and to this day, I've never had meat or fish in my life, at least that I know of. Um, And for a long time, I was vegetarian because it was the compassionate thing to do. Um, But then I think starting in like middle school or something for me, veganism and vegetarianism started to like become this new trend and all of my friends were suddenly vegan. And I was super confused because they were like, oh yeah, I'm cutting out meat for environmental reasons. And I just had no idea what that meant. Um, And then in high school, some people in my family started to eat fish and meat or some combination of the above. And I was like unbelievably upset. Basically, my parents had raised us to be vegetarians to, you know, live in accordance with Hindu principles of interconnectedness of life, like you mentioned, Sydney, um, and ahimsa, which means nonviolence. So they started to eat meat and, you know, this sort of felt like a huge betrayal. And I started to question everything that they had raised me to value. So that's just a little bit about me. What about you, Sydney? What meaning does food bring to your life? Yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, I think it's a side note. Very interesting that you mentioned you haven't eaten meat as far as you know, because I have had beans at some restaurant that have lard, animal fat, Mm -hmm. in them, and that's something you don't know. But bringing it back to what food brings to my life, I learned how to surf almost a year and a half ago, and it has helped me build a stronger spiritual connection with the ocean. With that connection comes an ever-growing love and respect for Mother Nature. One day I sat down and started to question and reflect on my own eating habits like you did. Growing up in a family that makes a lot of tri-tip and other meat on the barbecue at family gatherings made me pretty numb to the idea of eating meat, which is 
what used to be a living and breathing being. I was never a huge fan of dairy because a lot of the time I overindulge and end up feeling really sick and sluggish. So the choice to go vegan was based mainly off of how dairy products and meat make my body feel. I consciously choose to eat fruits, vegetables, and fish as a main source of protein in my diet because it makes me feel fresh and energized. But I now also realize how much of an impact animal agriculture has on our planet and the benefits of cutting out meat, dairy, and even fish. I just love that point about how fish, the inclusion of fish in your diet makes you feel fresh and energized. I mean, so I... I have been born and raised in San Diego, so I definitely recognize the connection that, you know, I have to the ocean. Um, And I just think that it's such a cool blend of what you're passionate about surfing and then also the integration of what food you eat and the environment that you spend a lot of your time in. It's just, it's such a, such a cool point to bring up. Um, So I know Sydney, when we were prepping for this episode, when we were talking about everything, you mentioned that on your climate action journey, you sort of found these moments of guilt, but also moments of extreme liberation. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. So in my junior and senior years of high school, I aimed to live a strictly vegan and zero waste lifestyle. Taking on all of that responsibility is a lot of pressure. And it Mm -hmm. led me to feel a lot of guilt and anxiety because I was striving to be a perfectionist which if you didn't already learn, is impossible to be as a human. After I came to the realization that it's nearly impossible to be vegan and zero waste in our current society, I felt liberated. I think it's really important to take a step back and realize that we are all human and what feels right for you and your health is ultimately what matters the most. Personally, I feel good eating fish because it fuels my body with the protein I need after surfing at Black's or when backpacking in the Cespi for a few days. I remember in one of our classes, our teacher Steve Parish said, give yourself a break, even if it's a breakdown. And I think that is so profound. I will continue to remind myself of this because we as humans are not perfect. We are going to mess up and that's okay. When it comes to fish, especially, I have to remind myself of this. Oh my gosh, I completely agree. And I empathize with that situation because I have also felt that guilt and that burnout. And I think a little bit of the liberation that you mentioned too. Yeah. Is there anything that's helped you overcome that guilt and burnout that you mentioned? I think so. You know, I've definitely felt that guilt myself. And I've also made other people feel guilty. Um, You know, I mentioned my story a little bit. I had a complicated relationship with my family, um, you know, at the beginning when they were eating meat. Um, But this one mentor really helped me get through it. And he basically explained that me being vegetarian for the reason of, you know, recognizing oneness throughout life forms was doing nothing if I wasn't being compassionate to people who did eat meat. So basically he was like, get off your high horse, Vivia. Maybe even you should consider eating meat you know, so I had no reason to think that I was better than other people. Um, And I never ended up trying it, but I thought about it for like a full 25 minutes. I remember it. Um, And it was just a huge moment of liberation for me because, you know, I realized that it was so easy for me to eat meat. I was choosing not to. And I realized that the harm I thought I was mitigating by not eating meat, I was causing to the people I loved by shaming them. 
Um, and, you know, today to combat my own guilt that I'm not doing my best, it definitely helps to have friends around me that are ready to integrate a few sustainable things into their lifestyles, you know? Mm -hmm. As Robert Schuller once put it, it is better to do something imperfectly than to do nothing perfectly. That is like what I have been thinking about for the past few weeks. And it is completely true in every aspect of being an activist, you know, whether you're passionate about this or you're passionate about something else, we just have to do what we can, you know? Back to our topic, each of us maintains a different connection to food. Food is deeply rooted in all of our cultures. And I think it's a really beautiful way to make the climate action personal to you. Um, you know, modifying your food intake might be cutting something out or, it might mean taking a look at where you get your food from. There are a lot of different ways to make this something that's meaningful to you and you know brings joy or any sort of emotion to your life, but can simultaneously be helpful to the environment. So Sydney, something I think about a lot is whether or not I am actually making a difference by being vegetarian. Mm -hmm. I think it is necessary to recognize that you don't have to be on a strictly vegan or a vegetarian diet to make a difference. It's easy to get stuck in this illusion that we are small beings on this giant planet. When each of us tries to make a difference on the individual level, collective change can occur. If you check out reducitarian.org, it defines a reducitarian as someone who reduces the amount of meat that they consume. Even doing this once a week or replacing one meal that would have had meat in it a day can make a huge difference. In the Netflix documentary, Cowspiracy, I learned that each day a person who eats a vegan diet saves 1,100 gallons of water, 45 pounds of grain, 30 square feet of forested land, 20 pounds of CO2 equivalent, and one animal's life. Rather than putting pressure on everyone to go vegan and vegetarian, reducing meat intake on the individual level could allow for better land usage to feed more people with reduced land waste. I love that term, reducitarian. I feel like that's something that feels a lot more approachable, a lot more manageable to people that, you know, maybe you're not ready to cut out things. I know for me, I feel would feel really uncomfortable, you know, taking out all dairy from my life. I have no idea how I would do that. So it's definitely something that feels manageable to me. I think sort of what we're getting at is that there are intentions and there's an impact here, you know? So on the intention side, it's like, why are we taking something out of our diet? What are we including? Basically, why are we doing what we're doing? Because it's on us to get, you know, to avoid getting desensitized. And the ways we can keep ourselves immersed in, you know, this sort of thinking is by watching documentaries, by listening to podcasts, um, and surrounding ourselves with people like you and me um, who want to reflect on this. Because then we can get into the impact of it, you know? If we can really tune in and embody this movement, then we can start to put pressure on people who, quote unquote, really have the power, you know, like the government, corporations, all of these large scale entities that actually have, you know, the ability to do something about the environment on a massive scale. Totally. I love what you say about tuning into or feeling into the movement. And I think that will help us connect more to each other. Divya, thank you so much for talking with me today. I enjoy connecting and learning more about your personal experiences with food. 
And for everyone listening, please check out our podcast notes to see resources that go along with this topic and check out our other episodes to see if you can find your niche in the climate change movement. Thanks, everyone.